Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to episode 8 of the podcast. Today I'm joined by Melanie Morton, who's a certified personal trainer and nutritional therapy consultant. She's the creator of the Lean for Life Method, an eight-week small group women's program designed to help women shed fat, get strong, balance hormones and change their lives. She's helped dozens of women change their bodies, hormonal health, gut health, mindsets and life. She's also known as the Poop Queen and believes that every woman needs to talk about their poop more. I've been following Melanie for a while now on Instagram and she's always sharing a ton of knowledge on how to keep it real, keep it simple. In this episode we discuss Melanie's journey with overtraining and hormone imbalances, how to know if your diet's working for you, why you should be training smarter not harder and also the benefits of muscle and strength training for women. So hi Melanie and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great, me too. I'm excited. So why don't we start off by you just telling us how you got into kind of the health space and your own health health journey. Yeah, so it's a long story, so I will try to paraphrase it as much as possible. But basically, I've always been into health and fitness. It's just looked very, very different throughout the years. So I grew up playing sports, um, but my body, I was always very focused on my body. My body was not like other, like my friends' bodies. They were all like very stick thin. Um, and I call it like now I call them my Mexican hips, but I've always been just a curvier, thicker girl. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know how to embrace that or deal with that when I was younger. But anyways, I've always been into fitness and um, I played sports all throughout middle school, all throughout high school. And it really wasn't until I graduated high school that I became really interested in nutrition. And I knew that I wanted to do something with my career that had to do with fitness and nutrition combined. But again, I didn't know really a lot. For me, nutrition at that time was diets and it was only about losing fat and you know, gaining muscle and looking the part. I never really thought about internal health, even though I was dealing with a lot of internal health issues. I had a really horrible relationship with food. I was bulimic. I was bulimic um, throughout college. And then it came back actually again when, um, when I was pregnant with my first kid. So I had a really poor relationship with food, my body. Um, I didn't really know like what healthy was. I just thought cutting calories was healthy. And so I, after college, I got a job as a personal trainer at a gym downtown. And even then my obsession kind of got worse. So I love fitness, but I would be working out like two, sometimes three times a day. I would wake up at like three 30 in the morning to go on the stair climber for an hour. And then I would work and then I would do another workout, you know, in the afternoon And I was doing so much cardio and I was basically living off of like egg whites and protein shakes and oatmeal and I was not eating enough. I was not drinking enough water and I like didn't know why I was so bloated and puffy and you know, I just felt like crap a lot. I had no energy. My skin was not good Um, and I just never felt comfortable in my clothes or my body. I always like the, the bloating was like really just made me super uncomfortable. Um, so it really wasn't until I had my first kid that I dove into nutrition, but in a really healthy way. So after I gave birth, um, I had a really horrible postpartum. So of course my doctor wanted to put me on medication 
and nothing wrong with medication. If anyone out there is taking it or needs it, that's a personal decision. But for me, I, my, I have a really big family history of anxiety, depression on my mom's side. And a lot of my family members are on medication and I just wanted to go a different route. I wanted to try something different and see if I could, you know, heal myself more naturally and more holistically. So that's when I really dove into nutrition coming from like a, an actual health perspective and not a aesthetic, you know, perspective. So that is when I went back to school to become a nutritional therapy consultant. And we really just use food as medicine and we look at the person as a whole. So what they're eating, how they're moving, you know, what they're drinking, how their stress is, how their sleep is, um, everything to really get to the root cause of anything that's going on. So whether that's a fear of food, um, over-exercising, under-eating, um, gut issues, digestive issues, bloating, constipation, um, hormonal imbalances, you know, you stop getting your, your cycle, things like that. And we really get to the root cause. We don't just like put a bandaid over it and give a supplement, a pill or anything, and it's gone. Um, so that is what really prompted me to help more women get out of the place that I was in, you know, six years ago, after years and years of trying everything, every different diet, every single like quick fix sort of thing. Um, so now that's what I do. That's, I opened my practice, Melanie Morton coaching, and I do one-on-one, um, one-on-one coaching for women with a, like way deeper issues. So like a lot of hormonal imbalances, digestive issues, things like that. Um, and then I also do a small group coaching program called Lean for Life. And this is an eight-week coaching program where we cover, you know, really the basics of everything. So everything down to macronutrients to, you know, how your, how your meal should look like, how your plate should look like, how to be more mindful about your food, um, knowing, you know, which foods are, I don't want to say like best, but just which foods we should kind of gear towards 80% of the time, um, all the way down to like stress, what you're using on your body, what type of movement you're doing. Um, and all of that. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at now. I'm probably at the healthiest place mentally with my body and my life and my business. And um, I feel like I finally reached that freedom in like every aspect. So it feels really good. Cool. Yeah. I think it's so important, definitely the mental aspect as well. So you could be eating the best diet in the world and taking all the supplements, but if you're stressed out of your mind or there's these internal um, negative thoughts that are constantly repeating in your head, then you're never going to be fully healthy. So I'm really glad that you've um, kind of added that aspect to things as well. And that that exercise routine that you mentioned, I feel <laughs> exhausted just <laughs> listening to that. That's oh my gosh, yeah. I know. I was I was constantly just like so tired and so drained. I had no energy, and like I and I tried like every single thing out there. Like I was a vegan marathon runner. And I was probably like 15 pounds heavier than I am now. I had no muscle on me. And I kept telling myself like, you love running, you love running, but I actually hated running. I was just doing it because I thought it would get me skinny. And now my mindset has totally changed. I don't do any cardio. I don't have my clients do cardio. And it's just like such a relief and it, you just feel like that freedom. So completely agree. Like mindset is probably the biggest aspect of my program when I work with women just because like you said, like you can be eating all the clean, quote unquote, clean foods that you want. You could be doing all the exercise, but if you're still like, you know, hanging out with negative people, thinking negative thoughts, if you have a poor relationship with food or exercise, you're never going to be fully happy or content. So mental health comes before everything else. Yeah. And I think we're getting better kind of in general. Um, there's more awareness with that and what true health actually means that it's not about all the chronic cardio people are moving more towards weight training but I still think that in the back of people's minds they're still maybe fearful of increasing the fat consumption or eating a lot of food or fueling the body in that way and maybe lifting weight so how would you recommend that someone kind of navigates through all this conflicting advice that's on the internet so the people who are promoting raw vegan diet and like you said, marathon training and chronic cardio, whereas the other people are saying, no, ditch that, do what I'm doing and eat the high fat diet. How would you advise someone who's just kind of lost in all of this conflicting advice? 
Well, first things first, I would unfollow or unfriend anyone that makes you feel less than or if you are following, you know, all these fitness people who have these amazing bodies and that do competitions and they just seem to have all their stuff together and they look amazing and they have this amazing life. That's not how it is. You don't know anyone's situation. You don't know what their day-to-day looks like. You don't know what their stress level is. You don't know if, you know, they go home and just they're miserable and they cry and they binge. Like you don't know any of that. So it's all just a highlight reel. So first thing is just unfollow people. Um, Even in real life, like if you're hanging out with these negative people who are not supporting you, not encouraging you, and really not like in your corner, getting you to be your best self, like, okay, you can break up with a friend. It's not a big deal. Um, But really like getting people to know you don't have to live in extremes. And that's really what what I really emphasize with when I work with my clients is Because now, especially with, you know, magazines and TV and social media and Instagram and Facebook, it's everyone has to choose a side. Everyone's like, I am all cardio, all plant-based, all this, and everything else is wrong. Or everyone is like, I'm only weight training and I'm only, you know, crossfitting and I'm like a carnivore and I'm paleo and I'm keto and everything else is wrong. And, or it's like the, the same thing with like the body love movement, like, you know, either you're all for it and you're like, it doesn't matter what you weigh. Size doesn't matter. Calories don't matter. Eat whatever you want. Or it's like work out all the time, like never skip a day, never rest. So it's like, there's so many extremes and I really encourage people to live in that gray area. So like 80, 20, you know, like you don't have to be to stop labeling is basically what I'm trying to say. Like I I don't promote any sort of like paleo, vegan, keto, anything, because everyone is so different. And sometimes plant-based works really, really well for people. And that's amazing. If you find that that works really well for you and that's how you feel your best and your digestion is on point, you're sleeping good, your skin is good, you have energy, just feel really good. Cool. Go with that. And things might change six months later and you might want to start adding fish or meat or whatever. And that's cool too. That's just what your body needs. And at the same time, if someone is like really thriving on a high fat diet and everything else is is on point, if their digestion's good, everything, cool. Like let's keep going with that. Um, And if people genuinely love to do cardio, that's awesome. Like let's just bring it down to maybe you know, one to two times a week, you can go on a run and the rest of the time, let's focus on getting you stronger and building that muscle and like building you a really good foundation for the rest of your life. Because cardio is not going to get you like that toned look that a lot of women want. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like living in that in-between area where a lot of people are like scared to go because they always think that they need to label or be on one side or the other where it's like, no, like you just have to find what works for you. You have to be really mindful and it's going to take some time. It's going to take some trial and error, but getting the right support, whether it's, you know, hiring a coach or, you know, doing whatever you need to do just to hold yourself accountable and to help you along the way. I think that that's where people are kind of missing out on and we need to like strive more to be in that in-between gray area. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I totally agree that it's all completely individual and what works for one person. Maybe you've read a blog and they're going through something similar, like with the acne or the weight problems and they've done a certain protocol. You can't just take that advice and implement it on yourself. When it comes to weight, I know that your Lean for Life method is based not just on weight, but like you say, you address all the digestive health and mental, emotional things. But when it comes to fat loss and getting to the healthy weight that's suitable for our own unique bodies, what's your approach diet-wise? Is the kind of, there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all, but are there general guidelines that you like to recommend? Yeah, so I don't do any meal plans with my clients. I do what I call meal plate templates. So this is, because everyone has, again, a different schedule, different tastes, different lifestyle Some people will want to eat four meals a day. Some people want to eat two larger meals a day. And that's for them to decide what works best for them, what makes them feel really good throughout the entire day. Um, And there's a lot of different points that I hit when, you know, people are kind of choosing like, okay, I feel really good with this and I don't feel good doing that. So with the meal plate templates, it's more of like a portion guide and to kind of show you like what your plate should actually look like. So how much of your plate should be 
vegetables? How much should be starchy carbohydrates? How much protein should you be having with each meal? How much fat should you be having with each meal? So that's more of just like, you know, an eyeballing. You can like use like your, your fist is like, or your, your palm is like, you know, three to four ounces of protein. Um, so I want the, the goal of my program is to give people the tools and teach them and not just tell them like, this is what you're going to have for meal one. This is what you're going to have for meal two. Like I don't do any meal plans because again, everyone's so different. So I want them to be able to, after our eight weeks are done together, to have all the tools. And so they feel like complete freedom after they're gone. And they're like, I know how to make my own plate. I know how to order at a restaurant. I know, you know, if I'm on vacation, I can still enjoy myself and, you know, indulge at the same time and still be mindful. Like that is the goal of my program. So really just starting back at the basics and really teaching them about food and what food does in our bodies, like how different macronutrients interact with our bodies and how they make us feel and how they digest and, and everything. So if people want to go more towards that route, like the portion and the plate guideline, that's totally cool. Um, I also have some people track their food because they don't have any idea what they're eating and I want to make sure that they're eating enough and they're fueling themselves properly. But again, I would never have someone who has a history of an eating disorder or obsessive, you know, with food or numbers I would not have that person track. So again, everyone's so different. You can't just like throw people in the tracking when they're like, oh, but I'm like, now I'm like obsessed because I went over and I'm like, I have to weigh my food. Like, I don't want people to think of it like that. We're just like getting down to the basics, learning what works for you, actually getting like that information to make sure we know what you're eating and that you're eating enough, like for the amount of activity that you're doing and for your lifestyle. Um, so really just working with that person individually, starting where they are, wherever that may be. And speaking of under eating, how, how often do you see that with maybe your clients or people who reach out to you on social media? Are people commonly under eating or do you find that people are more overeating and tending to be eating too many calories and the, the wrong type of junk food? What, what do you see? It's actually, it's really interesting that you ask that because now like that I'm actually thinking about that question and looking at my clientele because I work with a lot of younger women too who are you know 22 23 24 and I work with an older population of women too who are you know in their 40s 50s 60s um, and it's usually the older women and I think it's just the way that that we were brought up because my parents still don't know like half the stuff I'm talking about when I talk about food and why it's so important and why I eat the way that I eat. Um, so it's a lot of the older women are dealing with, like they have a lot of weight to lose. Like I work with people who have to lose, you know, 80 pounds to get to a healthy weight. And so for them, I'm obviously going to do things a little bit differently than with my younger girls who come to me who already know a lot about food. They, you know, cause social media is like everywhere now. So like they know about paleo, they know about keto, they know like, you know, higher fat, higher protein, like they know that they need to be eating more and they just don't know how to get there because they, they've been stuck in that cycle for so long of over training and under eating. So I have to do things a lot differently with them than I am with the older generation who like doesn't even know what a protein is. Like they don't know what, if chicken is considered a protein or what. So like starting super basic with them and then kind of starting with where my younger generation is now who know all about the food, who know like what macronutrients are, they just don't know how to get in a healthy relationship with it. So yeah, like now that you mentioned that, that's like kind of what I'm seeing. It's really interesting to like look at those younger women and the older women and how they approach food and exercise. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I kind of seen the same thing myself and I agree it's just kind of an education thing. And although the younger generation are exposed to more education maybe on social media or what they read in magazines I think that's kind of maybe worse in some cases that they kind of know a bit too much and yeah. if they're not trained in this area they can kind of get carried away and yeah that can lead to the um, food obsessions and the eating disorders so sometimes it is yeah. easier to work with the older clients who are kind of just starting it from scratch and just need to learn the basics and they've not got all this confusion and different um, advice like floating around in the heads as well. So I've oh, definitely seen sure. the same thing. Yeah, definitely. But I will tell you most women are definitely under eating protein. 
Like, I don't know why magazines and whatever still like say that we only need like what, like 50, sometimes 70 grams of protein. And I just see that and I'm like, what? (laughs) Like that is not right. So I will tell you, like, that's one thing that like, that's usually the first thing that I have my, my girls up is their protein intake, um, making sure that they're having it with every meal, every snack and like a good portion of it, because that's, what's going to keep you full. That's what's going to build that muscle. That's going to help like repair your body. Um, so yeah, I will say like, that's pretty much all over is people are definitely under eating protein. And what are your thoughts with the people who say like, it will, Um, spike your blood sugar and your insulin you need to limit it and it can lead to maybe kidney problems or um, bone loss all of these things maybe that some people on the vegan diet may say it's linked to cancer especially animal protein so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that I think again it comes back to and I I like the word balance is so broad but that's really the only thing I can think of when I talk about this is like that gray area again so you know, people will promote a carnivore diet. And even though I I eat meat, like, and I used to be a vegan, it didn't work for me, but I, so now I eat meat. I don't eat a ton of red meat um, because my body just does really well with a lot of fish and eggs, things like that. Um, And so again, like do your research, learn like where these studies are coming from, who conducted these studies, actually like read into it. Don't just like, Cause you can find, you can find opposing views for absolutely everything out there. It's like whatever you want to think, like, because I, I eat meat, I'm going to be like, okay, is meat, uh, as bad as everyone says. And there's going to be articles out there that say like, no, like, you know, vegans are wrong. Meat is great. And we need it for this. We need it for that. And then of course, if I like want to be plant-based and I type in something like that, it's going to be like, meat is horrible. You're going to get cancer. Meat is linked with blah, 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 blah. So literally everything is out there and people will believe a million different things. So again, it has to go back to you. So how does your body respond to eating certain foods? Um, And like the thing with protein, I'm not telling people to go out and eat 200 grams of protein. Um, But again, we have to work with the individual to see, you know, height, weight, activity, all of that, what their goals are. Um, but I would never tell someone to like eat an astronomical amount of protein because it has to still be balanced with the carbs, fats, veggies, all of that. Um, so I just say, do your research and really do what works for you. Cause I knew when I was a vegan, I was, I, I'm passed out a few times on runs. I was in the hospital. I was anemic. Um, I had a horrible skin and I just had no energy. I wasn't going to the bathroom. So it just didn't really work for my body. And as soon as I started adding in more meat, like I just felt instantly better. And just with some animal protein, like good quality animal protein, my, I just felt better. And that's what worked for me. Um, I would still actually consider myself like plant-based the way that I eat, even though I do eat meat, my, like what I eat is mostly vegetables and plant-based. So I think no matter what you follow, if you eat a shit ton of vegetables, like you're good. So you can never go wrong with too many of those. Um, yeah, just stop living in, in extremes all the time. Like a little bit of sugar, a little bit of protein, a little bit of carb, like these are not bad things. So we really need to get in that gray area. That's like the sweet spot. And how do people know if they're getting enough protein or carbohydrates, especially if they're out of touch with their body signals and they've maybe been restricted for too long and and ignoring their body's symptoms and cries for help or things that aren't working for you? How do they know if maybe they're eating enough food or macronutrients in particular? Yeah. So a lot of the times I'll either have people track so that I can see that they're eating enough. Um, Again, if they have no history of an eating disorder or for people who are like, I don't want to track, I don't want to go that route, I want to do something else, I'll have them do what is I call a food mood journal. So, you know, writing down what they're eating and then along with of everything else. So that day, did you go poop? How, like, how much water did you drink? How was your sleep? How was your energy? How's your skin? You know, are you fatigued? Do you need like that 3 p.m. coffee? Um, do you feel bloated? Do you feel, you know, any, any, anything like that? Your food is like directly related to all of that. Um, so keeping that like food mood journal for, you know, a week or two 
and really like asking yourselves those questions at the end of every day to making sure like all of these things are good. And then if you have like an off day, you can kind of look back at a really good day and say like kind of compare them be like, okay, what did I do differently? Oh, I had, you know, I had a lot more protein this day or, oh, I had like carbohydrates with dinner. I had like, you know, sweet potato and I ended up sleeping really well. So that could be something that I add in. So like little things like that. And it does take time and patience and trial and error. Not every day is going to be a perfect day. Um, but that's how you get those long-term results is really listening to your body and taking that time to figure it out on your own and having someone kind of there to support you and guide you on, on that journey. Yeah. And I like to do the same. And maybe when you, when you put things on paper, people realize how much they are under eating and just because they're eating healthy, quote, clean foods, they feel like they're eating a ton of vegetables and big salads, things like that. But when they actually put it on paper and they log some of the calories, it's what, 800 calories for the day. And yeah. no wonder that they're feeling fatigued and their hair's falling out. So yeah, yeah, I think it's exactly. good to get another perspective on things, like you said, with working with a practitioner who can have an outside perspective and kind of take your symptoms and your diet and your lifestyle factors and kind of give you that outside perspective on things. It does. It, I totally agree with you. It takes a lot of the guesswork and time out of that person's you know, journey to health because they have just someone along, you know, alongside them, helping them, supporting them, you know, kind of assisting them in what to do. So it does take a lot of that time out of there. And just switching gears to kind of the exercise um, and lifestyle. When you were saying before that you don't like to focus on chronic cardio and you've kind of moved away from that and you've seen massive results with doing so, what type of exercise and frequency do you like to recommend for most women? And again, obviously everyone's different and some people can handle more or less, but What's your general principles and approach to fitness? Yeah. So again, I really try to take that bio-individual approach uh, just because everyone's life is so different. So if, you know, I have a woman who is a full-time working mom, she's super stressed. She has a very like in-demand, high-stress job. I'm not going to have her in the gym like four to five days a week lifting a bunch of weight. I'm going to have her focus on like gentle everyday movement. Um, you know, lots of walks, some stretching, some yoga, just getting her body moving and getting things moving around. And, you know, the goal would be to get to the gym and lift some weights, maybe two times, three times a week tops. Um, I don't want to add a lot of stress to her, to her body, already stressed out body. Um, with another, you know, girl who maybe is just going to school and she has like a lot more time. She doesn't have kids. She doesn't have like as much responsibility or stress. I'm going to maybe have her in the gym for four days a week lifting some weights. Um, and it also depends where you're starting. So with my program, all, all I ask for tops is four days a week, 30 to 40 minutes tops. That's it. And my clients can do these at home or at the gym um, just to make it really easy on them because your fitness routine should be something that you look forward to. It's not always going to be like the most fun thing ever. Like no one like absolutely loves working out every single, like all the time. It's just, it's, it's not possible. Um, but it should be something that you enjoy enough and you should look forward to it and you should feel really good. It should make you feel energized and strong. If you think that you are, that you have to leave a workout feeling like drenched in sweat and burn 600 calories and sore, like you're, you're working out for the wrong reasons and that doesn't always have to be the case. Um, so also like starting, starting with someone where they are. So if they're doing a lot of cardio, boot camp classes, long duration endurance training, slowly reducing that week by week so that their body adapts to doing more strength training stuff and more strength training workouts. Um, so again, just starting with, with where they're at. But the primary focus would be strength training for me getting that in at least, um, you know, two to four days a week. And then the rest of the time, just some gentle walking, um, you know, any, anything like that's outside of workouts, like it's neat. Um, so like cleaning your house, taking your dog for a walk, you know, anything that just gets your body moving, I think is great. And we all forget about that because we always think that we have to go like balls to the wall in a workout when it's like what we do the rest of, you know, the, 23 hours in the day like that is what counts the most 
So really getting people to realize that and like you can work smarter, not harder, and you could just be happier in the process. Yeah. And I've read, I can't remember the exact statistics, but the people who work out maybe intensely for an hour of the day are only slightly more active than a couch potato. So definitely it's not just about that one hour that you spend working out intensely in the gym it's the rest of the day are you just sat at your desk not moving or are you constantly up taking breaks walking to the store just finding ways to incorporate more activity in your day-to-day life and I agree that walking is one of the best exercises and it's so underrated and I'm trying to get it kind of popular again (laughs) (laughs) Me um, too. Me too. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. And I always use like the example, like if you think of, you know, someone working a corporate job nine to five, but every single day, like six days a week, they go for like a balls to the wall workout and they're super sweaty and like it's super intense, like 90 minutes. And they do that like six days a week. And then they go sit at their desk for, you know, not like eight, 10 hours, but like they just sit at their desk. So compare that to a girl who is, you know, she's a, maybe she's a waitress. And so she's on her feet a lot, or, you know, she's a busy mom and she's like a stay at home mom and she's on her feet. She's being active. She's like walking to the park, walking to the, but she's not working out quote unquote, because she just, she just doesn't have time or it's like, she has the kids, so she can't get away, but she's constantly out and about and like moving her body and walking from grocery store to cafe and to the park and all this stuff. Who's going to be actually healthier and probably more in shape. It's probably going to be the, that, that person, like yeah. the, the mom who's like always out and about and running around because she's doing it daily and altogether she's, you know, she's moving more and she's expending more energy. Whereas the other person, like, sure, they're going hard for 60 minutes, but the rest of the day they're just sitting there and they're not moving their body. So it's what you do the majority of the time that matters most. And it's just about being consistent. So again, getting that good mix of everything is really important. Yeah, and the and the mum that you was talking about, that's probably going to be a more sustainable long term thing as well. So exactly. a lot of people kind of signing up for a six week challenge or boot camp and then they go hard and really push themselves for that time and then when it's finished they kind of just go back to how they were and <laughs> exactly <laughs> kind of a waste of time. Whereas someone who just consistently, maybe once or twice a week, starts to go to the gym and doesn't push herself and really find something that they love to do I think that's important as well finding an activity it doesn't always have to be the running weight training and conventional exercise that we're taught it could be dancing and swimming all these things are still really beneficial but I do agree with strength training uh, being important and what are the reasons in particular for women that it is important for our health Yeah. So I love, love, love strength training, especially for women, because it, it doesn't put as much stress on our bodies as, you know, that long duration cardio or those, you know, 60 minute boot camp high intensity classes. Um, and hit like high intensity interval training is not meant to be 60 minutes long. Like that's, I don't know why that's like, why that's when did that yeah. become a thing? Yeah. I have no idea, but like there's classes popping up all over the place that are like 60 minutes, high intensity interval training. Like, no, that's not actual hit. Hits like 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes tops, but like yeah. that's it. Uh, you should not be able to do any more than that as women, like, especially in today's society, like when, when we do a lot of like cardiac cardio, our cortisol kind of like skyrockets and cortisol is not a bad thing. Everyone makes it out to be this horrible thing, but like we need cortisol, our body, like we need a good amount of it. And yeah, it's like supposed to be highest in the day, slowly, slowly drop to nighttime, um, just naturally. But in today's world, especially as women, we are constantly wanting to give more and do more. And we're such people pleasers and we can't say no to anything. And we have to always, we feel like we have to put everyone else's needs before our own. And we're more stressed out than ever. Like we're not taking any time to actually take care of ourselves, to take care of our minds, our bodies, practice self-care, take days off, recover. So if you look at like the average woman who's working like this nine to five, really high stress job, she's got kids, she's got, you know, school drop off. She's got, you know, all these things that she has to worry about. And then she's adding on, you know, spinning classes six days a week on top of that. That's just like adding, like, that's like piling stuff into your stress bucket. 
and it's going to overflow and you're just going to be so unhappy. Like your mood is going to be horrible. You're not going to see the results that you want. Um, and you're like, you're just not going to have enough time. It's not going to be enjoyable for you anymore. Um, so I love strength training because it doesn't put that much stress on you. And because the more muscle that we have on us, it's actually, it's easier to actually stay lean all year round and fuel ourselves properly and to enhance our metabolism, to make it work for us, um, just to become more efficient. And um, especially as we age, we want to keep that good foundation of muscle and just to stay strong. And like I always say, like a body in motion stays in motion. We want to start building that solid foundation of muscle as soon as we can. And that doesn't mean, you know, having to be a bodybuilder and being in the gym, you know, six days, seven days a week. It means just like, you know, lifting some heavier weights, getting stronger every week, following like a well-designed, well-written program and not thinking like you have to do a different thing every day to like keep your body guessing. That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> so just like keep it simple. Everyone makes things too complicated nowadays with like all the different workout programs and like, it's just like too much. Like just get back to the basics, do some squats, do some rows, do some deadlifts, do some push-ups, do some pull-ups and you're good. Good. Yeah. I'm loving your kind of simplistic view on things and we can get carried away with all of these like TRX workouts and like you said, the 60 minute hit classes and superfoods and supplements when we just need to stick with the basics and like the compound movements and just real whole foods and exactly our diets on point before we even turn to the supplements and superfoods. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, (laughs) thank you. That's like, that's the thing again with especially Instagram because it's so pretty and like everyone's on there for the pictures and you know, everyone is taking and everyone is all of a sudden a nutritionist or a dietitian or like, you know, this expert in food. Um, so they're like, Oh, I, I'm now taking this adaptogen and then I'm getting this like beauty powder and this superfood powder. And it makes like the average person like overwhelmed. Cause we're like, wait, do I need that? Should I get that? And then they go out and spend, you know, a hundred dollars on some adaptogen that they don't really need and that they, their body might not even tolerate and it might backfire. Like, cause they just heard like an Instagram influencer talk about it. Um, so that's another thing that like, you know, just start with the basics. Like let's not even look at supplements yet. You know, if you're not getting enough water, let that be your first goal. I don't want you to like worry about anything else, but up your water. Okay, cool. You have your water down. That's like, that's a new habit for you. Let's start increasing your protein a little bit. Then let's like hit, you know, one to two days in the gym, lifting, lifting your weights, getting in your workouts. So like starting small with wherever the person is at makes it a lot more sustainable than like throwing them all this information and being like, add this to your smoothie, then do this. Then at nighttime have this, and there's no eating past this time. It's just way too much and people end up stopping. So why not just bring it back to the basics and everyone will just be a lot more happier and a lot more sane that way. Exactly. And when I put, whenever I post a picture of my food on Instagram, it looks so boring compared yeah. to the like fancy food styling photos. It's just like a pork chop and some sweet potatoes <laughs> and some cabbage. <laughs> oh, I know. But like, I mean, half the, half the stuff that you see with like these Instagram bloggers and like recipe people and food bloggers, like a lot of the times they will like go and take a picture and like throw away that food or like not eat that food just because they want it to look really pretty. And like you see these smoothies that are like overflowing with like granola and a cookie and nut butter and like sprinkles and like who eats that like on a daily basis? Like no one has time to like make their food like that. And like why do you need all that stuff on top of a smoothie? Like it just stuff like that doesn't make sense. It's like it's like they're just doing it for the picture. And again, you really never know what's going on behind the scenes. So yeah, I just kind of take all that with a grain of salt or I just hit unfollow because it's super easy to do and everyone should be doing it. And yeah, just like be boring and do what you want to do. Yeah, I didn't know that that's what happened with the food. Like people actually don't eat the food. That's just crazy. Oh, a lot of times. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, especially in LA. Hmm. Like you'll send see it how... my way. I'd, I'd eat yeah, it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go to eat with you. I'll your leftover <laughs> So whenever I take a, a picture of my food, I've kind of half eaten it already. And yeah, you just I forget. Just, yeah. Take, <laughs> ten, take 10 pictures and then I just give up and 
I know. And like, and people will ask me for like recipes all the time or like, what do you eat? And I'm like, I literally, I probably eat like the same stuff every single week just because it's, I have like kind of the same routine. I have the same schedule and I, my family like likes what they like. And I really don't make any like intricate fancy recipes unless it's like a holiday. Mm-hmm. But I usually just have a couple proteins, a couple roasted vegetables, some dips, some sauces. And like yeah. I just kind of mix and match. Like it's so boring, but it's what works for like me and my family. It's really easy. It's really simple. So it doesn't have to be like this elaborate thing. Yeah, I'm the exact same. It's just real simple food, mm-hmm. a variety of yeah proteins, fats, kind of just mix and match at each meal, and that's it. You don't need the um, yes portions and superfoods and all of these things. Yeah, it's not just necessary. necessary. No, and one thing I do want to mention is the celery juice hype <laughs> that is so popular these days, and everyone's claiming that it's healed the psoriasis and the acid reflux and just healed the gut and just it's got all these superpowers but have you had any experience with celery juice no I've never tried it before I don't like um I'm not a huge fan of like trends like food trends um I I was like when I first started like you know taking pictures of my food and I got on Instagram and I was like oh I'm gonna like be so into health and nutrition and all that like I like tried the bulletproof coffee. I've tried like keto. I've tried everything. And now I'm just like, I know what works for my body. I know what really feels good. Um, and I just don't want to add another thing to like juicing celery seems like a lot of work to me and I just don't want to do it. And, um, a lot of people like they won't get the same benefits from it. It might actually make them feel worse. Um, so again, if people want to try it, cool. Um, if you know, you're feeling really good with just whatever you're doing right now. I think that that's great. I think that we should always try to, you know, look at, cause what people will do is like, Oh, I'll just add celery juice and then I'll be super healthy. And like, I don't have to change anything else where it's like, no, like we need to look at what else you're eating, you know, how your movement is, how your sleep is, you know, everything. It's not just like add this, you'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't tried it. I heard it doesn't taste that good. I heard you get used to it, but I'm good with like my big old jug of lemon water in the morning and just like real food. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah, I've not tried it either. I think I'd just stick with eating celery. Um, Yeah, yeah. maybe I'm just a rebel. I don't know. And and the guy, like the um, like medical medium, I I feel like that's like the new hype now is that guy. Is he is he actually like a, a medium? Is he not even like a doctor? No, I don't think he's qualified in nutrition or he's not a medical doctor. Um, from what I've, I've never read the books, but from what I've heard, he um, gets kind of messages from spirits and kind of how to heal the body and reverse diseases. But I actually got a weird inbox yesterday, um, a DM on social media and someone was telling me to try um, the medical medium cleanse and how it's going to heal my body and how I should look into nutrition. <laughs> They've obviously not looked at my profile. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. That is the worst thing when people do that. I, I had someone literally call me Stephanie in my <laughs> inbox. I've had someone tell me to be like an ambassador for a running app and I'm like see my page I don't run I don't you do know who I am. yeah yeah exactly so I oh, that's like the one thing that I love social media I have like such a love-hate relationship with it because I've met like some of my best friends via social media but at the same time I'm constantly getting bombarded with like you know, MLM offers or, you know, do you try this? And like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd love to have you on my team. Mm -hmm. Like just things like that, that are very like ungenuine and you could feel it. I, that's like the part of social media that I don't like because I feel like everyone's gotten like so fake and you know, they, they don't actually take the time to like be social and get to know you. So I really appreciate it when people, you know, reach out like how you did, like you were like very like personal and you know, you wrote me like a really long thought out message and it's like something that I appreciate but I've had people you you could tell like when it's copy and paste I just I I hate that it's like a pet peeve of mine I get so upset and I like just like decline I'm like fine 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 um but yeah that's that's kind of like the downside and just 
people thinking like, oh, like, have you hopped on the celery juice train? And I'm trying this and, you know, I'm doing this. And I like my bulletproof coffee helps me like burn fat, build muscle. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like being in a caloric deficit and like make sure everything else is on point is what's going to help you do that. It's not some magical like butter that's going to do that for you. So yeah, I guess it's like my rebel personality, but I'm not, not here for it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I kind of knew the answer before I asked the question but I just to confirm it. Got me all riled up. Yeah. What's the kind of craziest thing you've either seen on social media or you've tried kind of fad wise um, when it comes to health? I've tried a lot of things. Yeah. And there was I'm some not... crazy, crazy stuff out there. Yeah. That I'm not super proud of. I mean, cause growing up all throughout high school, I was on a diet cause I watched my mom chronically diet. I watched my sister diet. Like, you know, they never talked kindly about their bodies. They're always picking things apart and looking in the mirror and saying, you know, grabbing things that they wanted to be different. So growing up, it's like, Oh, like I don't have a normal body. I don't look like this. I don't look like the girl in the magazine. Like, what do I want to be different about myself? Um, and it was never like, okay to like how you looked or to like embrace it and like be proud of it and like show off your body. And that's something that I really like, even though I have two boys, like I want them to be, to be comfortable doing that. And, you know, if a woman shows her body, like she's considered like a slut or anything, it's like, let people do whatever they want to do. So yeah, because of all of that, the craziest thing I've done is I've done that like cayenne, lemon, oh, maple syrup, the master cleanse. The master yeah. cleanse. I've done yeah. that. I've tried the 21 day fix from beach body. Like right. when I was stupid young and like, I, I don't even know why I was like thinking about that. Cause I was so young and I was just like looking back. I just like, I feel so bad for my younger self, like putting myself through all of that and like eating out of like Tupperware and still being so, so hungry, but like I can't eat anything else because my Tupperware is like out mm-hmm. and I'm done for the day. Like, it's just crazy the, the amount of things. And like, I mean, being a vegan, I thought it was super healthy. Just I would live off of tortilla chips and like tofu and like protein, like vegan protein bars, just thinking like, oh, like I'm vegan. I'm super healthy. Everything's going to be amazing. Um, so just being like super uninformed, like not educated in, in anything, Um, it's just crazy. Like, I feel like that's like another lifetime ago, but I've tried like pretty much everything. I've done like water fast. I've done juice cleanses. I've done all that stuff. And yeah, I can't imagine like going back to any of that now because I feel like I'm in such a good place with my body and my mind and my health and my food. So yeah, that's kind of why I just like want to help women get to that place because it doesn't have to be so restrictive. It can be fun and free. So for women who are currently struggling with the weight, so either they're constantly gaining weight or unable to lose weight, what advice would you give and what do you think could be contributing if the diet's on point and they're exercising and they don't want to turn to the fad diets anymore? What else could be at play, do you think, with someone who's who's having weight issues? A lot of things. Um, I mean, definitely calories definitely matter. So getting to actually know if you are overeating or undereating is really important um, because calories matter, but they're not the end all be all. So looking at calories first, that would be like my, my first thing. If they're definitely in a deficit and they're still not losing any, like obviously look at what they're doing as far as workouts go, because if they're constantly doing like all this cardio all day, every day, um, they're, and they're like not getting, they're not giving their bodies a chance to recover. If they have any like hormonal imbalances, um, look at their thyroid, like look at their, you know, their liver, their gut, make, making sure they're detoxing properly, just like getting everything out, eliminating, pooping, all of that. I mean, there's tons of things that you look at, but first thing, like, again, bringing it back to the basics is I look at their calories that they're actually eating and look at the types of foods that they're eating too. Um, but yeah. And why is gut health so important? I know that you're always talking about gut health and the perfect poo. And I know it's quite quite controversial and quite taboo, but it's important that people kind of start to talk about it and maybe share some of the digestive issues that they're struggling with. And why is gut health so important for our overall health, but also our weight and kind of metabolism? Yeah, I mean, gut health is... I feel like it's just like everything, like our brain and our gut are so connected. And 
on just a physical and an emotional level. So it's like you get like that gut feeling, like everything is connected back to the gut. And I kind of take it from my experience. So back, you know, ever since as I can remember, like back in middle school, I've always been like bloated and constipated. I've never gone to the bathroom regularly. And and I, I really do like a lot of it, I think stems from the chron- like the chronic dieting and like the yo-yoing and, you know, removing entire food groups, removing food, like just not being kind to my body. Um, that really affected me in the long run. It took a lot of time for me to actually heal my gut and get to a place where I'm like, I'm just regular and I'm like going to the bathroom every day and I feel good. But I was at a point where I was only going to the bathroom one to two times a week. My stomach was constantly puffed out and it was like, it was hard. It was red. It was so swollen. I was like in such pain all the time. And from the outside, it's like, you can tell someone like I'm bloated and it doesn't seem like a big deal. But for me, it like took over my entire life. And because I wasn't eliminating and pooping, it was coming out in all areas because when you're not eliminating like that, that, you know, the excess estrogen is just like being reabsorbed back into your body. And those old hormones are being like reabsorbed back into your body. And we don't want that. That's what leads to other things down the line. Um, so that's what I was basically doing to my body. And I was so stressed out and like, I wouldn't take a break from exercise while I was going through this. So that even put more stress on my body. So it was just like a combination of all these things that like wrecked my gut. And it took a lot of healing, a lot of time off, a lot of rest, a lot of, you know, different supplements changing around my food. Um, you know, and it really, nothing ever improved until I I worked on my mindset because I wouldn't have been able to take, you know, time off from working out if I hadn't have like done the, the mindset work. Um, but yeah, like if we're, if we're, if we're not eliminating, if we're not pooping, that's a problem. Like if you're not going at least once a day, you're constipated and we need to like figure out why. And you know, whether it's adding, it could be as simple as like chewing your food properly, you know, not drinking with meals, drinking enough water throughout the day, um, increasing your fiber, increasing your veggies, or it could be a little bit deeper than that. Like maybe an overgrowth or, you know, leaky gut, something like that, but really getting to the root cause of what is causing this constipation. And my whole thing is like, I want to remove that like taboo that women have around poop because like poop is so important. It's such a sign of overall health. Just like having your period every month is a sign of overall health. Like poop is just as important. That's like how we get everything out. And we don't want that stuff being reabsorbed back into our body. So just removing all of that, like, oh, I'm a woman, I don't poop. Or like, it's just like, everyone poops, it's fine. It's actually very healthy. You'll, you'll feel a lot better once you start going every single day. Um, so there's lots of things that, that you can do for that. Um, but I really think for me, it was a big emotional thing. And I, I'm like, a, I'm a really big believer that like when we're holding things in and we're like, holding in our emotions and we're kind of sweeping things under the rug, our whole body will feel that. And we'll like, you know, we'll either tense up our shoulders or we'll have like, you know, back pain, or it will come out in the form of constipation or diarrhea or acne. Um, so it's just like, it's all linked together, like mental health, you know, physical health, emotional health, it's all linked. And that's really why I try to look at the entire picture, not just food, not just workouts, not just supplements like literally look at everything in that person's life. And the mental, emotional kind of um, mindset piece is usually the last thing that's kind of focused on when it comes to um, someone's health journey. I know for me personally, I've I've spent years um, with my diet and supplements and exercise. And then it wasn't until I addressed the kind of mindset and emotional baggage that was going on that, I kind of fully healed and overcame my symptoms and I definitely see this all the time that it's not until people work on those negative thought patterns and toxic relationships and history of trauma that Mm -hmm. the symptoms fully recover and especially the digestive symptoms because like you said that's the center of our health and it's it sends more signals from our gut to our brain than the other way around so it has a massive impact and definitely gut health is a big factor in all pretty much all symptoms um but definitely the weight issues as well because if our gut's inflamed our body's going to be holding on to weight and mm-hmm. yeah it's just going to be 
de uh, difficult to lose the weight and especially that belly fat that a lot of women struggle with that's a big yeah. sign of excess cortisol and adrenal stress do you see that commonly as well oh yeah for sure it's a lot of like that stubborn belly fat or like that you know I hate when people use like words like this, but like people say like, Oh, like my muffin top mm -hmm. or something like that. But like holding on to, you know, excess fat in like the belly or the hips or even um, like the, the quads are a big one for women as well. And it's like, it's all, it's, I mean, it's all, you know, food and calories and stuff like that, but it's also a lot to do with their stress and you know what they're doing in terms of managing their stress. Like, you know, are you, are you in like a really toxic, high stress job? Are you in a really bad relationship? Do you have like really bad friendships? Um, are you surrounding yourself with negative people? Do you have a, a horrible relationship with food and exercise? Like looking at all those things, not just the calories really matters. Um, but yeah, gut health is like central to everything. And if, and I, I really think that like mindset is always the last thing to come into play for people. Because especially now, everyone wants a quick fix. Everyone wants to feel better right away. And mindset is like not this tangible thing that we could fix. Like with workouts, yeah, we can go to the gym. We can not go to the gym. It's very tangible. We can do that or we don't. With food, we can go to the grocery store and pick out healthy foods and eat them. With mindset, it's like, where do I start? What do I do? And even though it's the hardest thing to work on and work through, it's the most rewarding thing. And like, it's like, once you have that, like once that clicks and you're in a really good place, everything else happens like magically. And, and at least like, that's how it happened for me. That's how it's happened for my clients. And they're like, Oh my God, like I never knew you could like feel this good on such a physical and emotional level at the same time. And that's how you achieve like those long-term sustainable results. Mm -hmm. It is one of the last things that you fix and until you deal with the underlying emotions, then you're never going to see full resolution. I definitely agree with that. So yeah. I think that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up. I want to finally ask a few questions just so people can get to know you a little bit better because I'm yeah. sure they want to find out more about you and we'll definitely um, share all of your social media platforms at the end mm -hmm. as well. But my first question would be, what is your morning routine like and what is your kind of go-to breakfast? Okay, morning routine. So I get up super duper early just because my husband, um, he's a personal trainer, so he has to start work at 6 a.m. So we have a, I'm really grateful to have a really nice gym in our building in Chicago. So I get up around like 4.30, um, most, you know, like maybe three to four days a week, go to the gym get a good lift in usually down there for like 30, 35 minutes, come back up, shower. Hopefully my kids are still sleeping. Like I really hope so. Cause I love having quiet time in the morning. Um, I also listen to, I always listen to a true crime podcast every morning. It's like a really weird way to start my morning, but like, I, I don't know. It just like kind of like zens me out. And then I don't like think about work or, you know, my to-do list. I just like focus on the story. So that's super important to me. I don't listen to music when I work out. So listen to a podcast, um, come home, shower, and then hopefully I can just enjoy, I drink like a big liter. I call it my detox elixir. So it has filtered water, um, lemon, some liquid stevia and some apple cider vinegar. So I drink that every single morning, one liter, first thing after my workout and then I'll have my matcha and then I'll just kind of like sit and relax and for as long as I can until one of my kids gets up mm -hmm. and then it's like mom mode so I'll like fix them breakfast get them ready take my oldest one to school and I don't really eat breakfast um like after my workout I'll try to have um I'll have like a couple scoops of collagen in my matcha and like maybe I'll have um I, I've been getting these like they're birch benders. I don't know if you guys have them there, but like they're grain-free waffles. They're so so good. I love waffles. So I'll, like I'll have that right after my workout with some collagen in my matcha. Um, and I'm not like a huge huge breakfast person, so I don't really eat until like eleven, eleven thirty my time. Um, but my first meal is usually like not typical breakfast food. I could have like soup or eggs, or just like whatever I'm feeling. Um, but that's my morning routine. I always try to like keep it really zen. So I like easing into my morning and relaxing. Um, and it just like kind of sets me up for a successful day ahead. So it's always pretty much the same. 
And you are such an early bird. I thought I was early at like <laughs> six, but four thirty. But if that works for you, that's amazing. And again, people think that we need to have breakfast as soon as we wake up, else the day is going to be ruined. But you're yeah. you're proof that that doesn't always have to be the case. And you can have a really good workout and kind of fuel your body afterwards and really yeah. nourish your body throughout the day as well. And maybe your body doesn't need that pre-workout meal and you do well fasted but I know that some women don't there could be women listening who think right I'm going to do that I'm going to wake up at 4 30 and go straight into um, an hour lifting session and that could be really the wrong thing to do oh yeah I mean definitely yeah yeah definitely like take you know this is just my schedule and I Mm -hmm. I I hate work like if I don't work out at that time I just won't get it in I don't like working out in the afternoon or like, I just don't like interrupting the rest of my day to like go work out. It just won't happen. So if I really want to get it in, that's the time to do it. And it's like, I have two kids. So it's really my only alone time during the day. And the rest of the day, I'm like with them, or I'm on calls, and I'm constantly just like giving energy. So this way, I can just have that like alone time, I can ease into my morning. And it really works for me. If I were to work out at like, you know, 10 30, 11, I would probably have like a little bit of something. So like everyone out there, if you're working out later in the, or like, you know, in the afternoon, like, and if you're hungry before a workout, like eat, does it, you know, just like listen to your body. Um, but yeah, that's just like what I found works for me right now. And you know, if we moved or like something changed, my situation could change and my routine can change. And yeah. I think that's really important to like be able to embrace that and not be so caught up in, mm-hmm. you know, your strict routine. So yeah. that's super important too. Yeah, that is important. The next question is, what is the one herb, nutrient, or food that you just cannot live without? Zucchini. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love zucchini. <laughs> everyone, makes so, everyone makes fun of me, like my husband especially. He like, because I, I like genuinely like really love vegetables yeah. and he just does understand because he could eat like pizza and wings yeah. and like all this other stuff. And he's not like, a, I have to like get him to drink like green juice and like yeah. make him veggies <laughs> the way that he'll eat them. Um, but I like genuinely like I crave vegetables and I feel like zucchini is so like, it's like a, like a chameleon. So versatile. Like, yeah. You can use it and like, I put it in like baked goods. Favorite. Yeah. I put it in smoothies. I like make zucchini noodles. I make roasted zucchini, zucchini fries, like air fried zucchini. I feel like you can do it, whatever with it. And you could always like dress it up in a way that works for you. So I love zucchini. I also love sweet potato though, because I like sweet potato fries a lot. So yeah. But yeah. That's the first one I've had. um, First time I've had someone answering that. That's the first. There you go. I agree. I love it too. Uh, next question is what is something that you're into lately so I know that you mentioned the crime podcast is there anything else it can be health related or not that you're currently loving at the moment I, I'm not gonna say anything health related because I feel like everyone needs to take a break from that like whenever yeah. I can besides like you know researching for clients and doing all of that I really like to clear my mind off of all like the health and fitness stuff so I don't even actually like listen to a ton of health and fitness podcasts just because I'm constantly thinking about it so true crime is like on the top of my list I love 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 true crime podcasts um and I'm like a huge movie buff so I love like I I pretty much watch like a couple movies every weekend um and I've loved movies ever since I was little I've always wanted to be an actress so I've like always been a huge movie buff so I like I love musicals especially um so I'm yeah I'm into like whatever's new on Netflix that's what I'm into (laughs) because I like to chill out and like zone out and just like be mindless I don't care if it's like a stupid reality show if it like just kind of gets me in the zone and gets me out of my own head I'm all for it so people need to like just chill out and relax more I think that that's a great way yeah love that answer and what's one piece of advice that you want to share with everyone listening now so kind of as a summary to this whole entire podcast what would what would be your one takeaway advice that you'd want people to implement unfollow people that don't serve you and start listening to your body and start like doing what works for you mm-hmm. so don't you know hop on any sort of superfood train or like just because someone says to do something or if you're following someone who makes you feel like you're not enough or you're like not small enough, not strong enough, like you can unfollow and 
online in real life and just really start getting in tune with your body because that's where like true healing comes in. So yeah, that would be my one piece of advice. Amazing. Mel, this has been so good. I've really enjoyed recording this episode with you. How do people get in touch with you and find out more about your Lean for Life program and also what's find you on social media as well? Yeah, so I am, I'm mostly active on Instagram. That's just where I spend the most of my time. So you can find me on Instagram at Melanie underscore Morton underscore. And then on Facebook, I have a private Facebook group for women. Um, it's called Sustainable Weight Loss easy recipes and quick workouts for busy women. Um, I can like send you the link for that. So it's easier for people to just click it. Um, but that's Facebook and I'll, I'll like do like lives in there. I'll do Q and A's. I'll put recipes, all that fun stuff. So it's just like a cool community for women to go to. And then I have a website. It's just melaniemortoncoaching.com that has more information. But like I said, Instagram is the quickest way to get a hold of me or that's just where I'm at most of the time. So yeah. Yeah, definitely recommend everyone goes and follows you because you're always sharing Thanks. educational stories and posts. So you're going to find some really simplistic but top recommendations to get started with. And I will include everything in the show notes as well for those of you who missed it. And I just want to thank you once again for your time. I know that you're super busy at the moment. So I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and kind of wisdom and experience with us all and i'm looking forward to hearing more from you and you're definitely welcome back anytime in the future we can talk about the topics <laughs> that you're interested in so thank you so much mel oh yeah thank you so much i had so much fun thanks for having me on thank you for listening to another episode of the hormones in harmony podcast if you like this episode please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances if you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next step to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.